Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about the best football team in Catalonia. Not Barcelona, keep up people, it's Girona FC, for the time being at least. This tiny club from northern Catalonia are defying expectations this season, only their fourth in Spain's top division in history, and rather than battling relegation, they're fighting for the title. On today's podcast, we'll hear from Pepe Sierra, a Girona fanatic and president of the Federation of Girona Supporters Clubs, and Eduard Solá, a journalist at Catalunya Radio who has covered Girona for many, many years. But none of them like this one. I'm joined here at Filling the Sink headquarters by Killian Shields. Hello, Killian. Lorcan, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm well, I'm well as well. I'm always glad to be talking about football on the podcast. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's always it's, an exciting day. Indeed, indeed. And this story, Little Girona FC, is some story, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. It really is. And it's just a pleasure to, to watch them. It's a pleasure to have a Catalan team just doing so well, writing incredible stories and just uh, observing them and enjoying what they do on the pitch. Yeah, and in this case, the Catalan team, as I said, isn't Barcelona, who were obviously used to having a lot of success. Uh, they won the league last season, and there's a chance Girona could win it this season. Genuinely, yeah. I mean, we should, I suppose, uh, be upfront. At the time of recording, they are top of the league, but by the time this podcast is released, they may have fallen all the way down to second. Um, but of course, I mean, we're in January and they're top of the league. It's an incredible story no matter which way you slice it. I mean, even if we're not talking about the title, the fact that they could even get Champions League is extraordinary. It's absolutely wild. They've never been in Europe before. They came pretty close last season. But this season, they look nailed on to not just get the Europa League, but the Champions League. So what's happening? What, what's going on on the pitch? Why, how are they punching so much above their weight? Well, to me, I think the number one answer is the manager. We look at Michel and just he has transformed this club from mid-table obscurity in the second division a year and a half ago to now to the summit of all of Spanish football. The work that he has done is absolutely incredible. And very often when you see teams like with, with lower budgets, just for context, Girona have the eighth smallest budget in all of La Liga. And you might think that teams with lower budgets, they might find success by, you know, shutting down the, the barriers, just uh, being very dogged, being very defensive, grinding out ugly wins. But no, their philosophy is almost the exact opposite of this. They are high flying. They want the ball. They want to be the protagonists of the match, uh, as, as a term often said here in <laughs> Catalonian and Spanish uh, football parlance. They want to score goals. They're not amazing in defense. You can easily score two against them. But the thing is, they'll come back and score four or five against you. Well, uh, so it reminds me of Barcelona in their heydays. In their heyday, yeah. but pff, they're so far beyond what Barcelona could dream to be right now, to be honest. Yeah, they're meeting in December just before Christmas in Montjuic, where Girona famously won 2-4. That really showed the difference in the level of coaching in both teams. You could see these players who are relatively unknown in Girona, you could just see just they knew their jobs. They had their game plan and they executed it to perfection. Whereas Barca, you could see that the contrast was stark. You could see the, the stodginess, the just the negativity, the lack of clarity. So I really think that that's it. Like they have their game plan, they've got their style of play and they know how to execute it very, very well. 
Well, we'll talk a little bit more maybe about what's going on at Barcelona and uh, the manager there at the end of the podcast. But but for now, you've been looking at a few stats as well that kind of help to paint the picture of just how incredible a season Girona are having. Ah, yeah, exactly. Well, the easiest one that we can look at is the number of goals scored. So the highest scorers in La Liga at the moment and in all of Europe's big five leagues, only Bayern Munich have scored more than them at 55 to Girona's 52. <laughs> and I mean, again, you know, we, we've talked about Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. These are just massive clubs. With just the, big, the biggest clubs yeah, in the world. Richest clubs, biggest fan bases, and then little, little Girona. Little Girona with an average of less than 13,000 people going to see their games every week. Just being just delighted with this extraordinary brand of football. It's incredible. So they're scoring a lot of goals. Yeah, so we've got Artem Dovbeek. He's the co-top scorer of La Liga so far with 14 goals. He leads the line, this Ukrainian that kind of came from nowhere. No one knew who he was when they signed for Girona just the summer gone by. Uh, we've got Jan Cuoto and Miguel Gutierrez. I love them. They're full backs uh, on either side of the pitch who open it up really wide and get very, very, very involved in the attacks. That really struck me when I was at the uh, Barcelona-Girona match. Miguel Gutierrez on the left especially. Uh, we've also got Savio, or sometimes he's called Savinho, this 19-year-old Brazilian winger who's probably one of the most fun players to watch in all of La Liga right now. He is leading La Liga with the amount of goal-creating actions. Also, we've got Aleix Garcia, who's a holding midfielder. He's sort of a defensively-minded player, kind of in the guise of Sergio Busquets, who you people might remember. But at the same time, he's still one of the biggest creator of chances in all of La Liga as well. Then, of course, the midfielder Ivan Martin having an unbelievable season and the winger Viktor Tsikhanov as well. Another Ukrainian who came from nowhere and is just absolutely tearing the league up. And what's even more remarkable about all of this is the fact that they're doing this despite having lost what I would reckon is probably their four best players from last season. It really stands to the phenomenal work done by Michel, the manager. The entire spine of their team, their top goal scorer, their top assist provider... All of it gutted, and yet they've still managed to get so much better. So, Colleen, you mentioned earlier you were at that 4-2 win in Barcelona, playing up in Montjuic, and that was kind of a turning point because that was almost like when it seemed like, okay, this is really serious now. Like, they'd been winning impressively, but I think they played Madrid earlier in the season and had lost 3-0, so this was the first time that they were taking a major, major scalp at the home of Barcelona, the first time Girona had ever beaten Barcelona in Barcelona. They haven't even played that much because they're normally playing in different leagues. And then they went on to beat Atletico Madrid 4-3 as well. Uh, some other really impressive results. 5-2 against Almeria, 5-3 against Mallorca and 4-2 away to Granada. Uh, so they've really been banging in the goals, as we say. But what, what's really amazing is, like I mentioned, that they've got the second most goals in all of Europe this season. But you would imagine that that means they've also taken some of the most amount of shots. But no, far from it. They rank 28th in Europe for total shots taken, which really tells me that they're they're converting all of these chances that they're making. So a very efficient kind of forward line. Yeah, totally. I think there's one quite nerdy stat that we can put a figure on, on. to kind of explain how efficient they are, I think. The stat is goals scored minus expected goals. Ah, oh, come on, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so ex first of all, expected goals... That's what, exactly? It's a numerical representation on the quality of chance. <laughs> so if you create a lot of chances, you're going to have a high number of expected goals. But if you take a shot from the halfway line, for example, you're going to have a very low expected goals value for that shot. So this stat that, you know, that we're geeking out on, which is goals minus expected goals, what? The total amount of goals they've scored minus their total expected goals 
created through the entirety of the season. Because a shot, whether it goes in or not, will have a, an expected goals value. So Girona's figure for this statistic is plus 12.4, which is significantly leading all of Europe by a huge margin. Lots of stats there. Here's one that I like. They've won 55 points from 22 matches so far, which means an average of 2.5 points per match. If they continued at that rate for the rest of the season, they would win the league, presumably, <laughs> with not 100% if Real Madrid won all their matches too, but they would win 95 points, which would be the fifth highest points total ever for a La Liga winner. It just shows you that they're absolutely knocking it out of the park. They're really, yeah, what they're doing is historic in so many ways. A lot of people have been asking, how do you say Leicester City and Catalan these <laughs> days? But you can make the comparison, that's the obvious one to look at. But I think it's fair to say that there was a fairly low points tally in the Premier League that season. But Girona, like, they're, they're competing with Real Madrid, who are also having an exceptional season. Their points tally is also going to be there or thereabouts in the mid-90s. So they've got competition, and it's just even more commendable that they're doing what they're doing now. Leicester City, of course, won the Premier League in 2016, which was completely unexpected as well. An experience that Leicester City fans will never forget. Will Girona fans have... They're, they're already having an incredible season, but... You know, if they actually <laughs> stayed, the, stayed the course for the rest of the season, that really would be something else. To find out how they've been experiencing this incredible season so far in Girona, we spoke to Pepe Sierra, president of the Federation of Girona Supporters Clubs, and Edward Sola of Catalonia Radio. Why not get excited? Why not dream? This is the message of Pepe Sierra, the president of the Federation of Girona Supporters Club. Pepe has been following his local team since 1982 and has seen them compete in all of the top five tiers of Spanish football in that time, from the regional Catalan divisions all the way to the top of La Liga. When Girona dropped to Primera Catalana, the fifth tier in 1997, Sierra says that he couldn't even find the team's results on Teletext. <laughs> Jo sempre havia havia fet la broma que faria un any de Champions i em jubilaria, em retiraria, però vaja, ara veig que Edward Solà is a sports journalist with Catalonia Radio that has been covering Girona since the late 1980s, watching their incredulous rise from up close. He says that he always used to joke that he'd cover one Champions League campaign in his career and then retire, but now he thinks that that special season could arrive far sooner than expected. In fact, Edward says he never even imagined that at his age he'd be covering top division La Liga games, let alone European competition. Back when Girona competed in the regionalised Copa Catalunya, a cup competition for lower league teams in Catalonia, Pepe Sierra and his friends joked that this was the Champions League for poor teams. Girona are now on the verge of qualifying for the real thing, but the Blanqui Bermés, the White and Reds, have had to endure decades of hardship and heartbreak before experiencing this current golden period. For Eduard Solá, the most difficult days were the devastating playoff final losses in recent years at home to Rayo Vallecano and Elche. Pepe Sierra, meanwhile, points to Lugo's last-minute goal on the last day of the 2015 season that prevented Girona from gaining automatic promotion as one of his darkest memories. Lugo. 
Mira, los más felices, obviamente, son los ascensos del 2010. On the opposite end of the spectrum are the happiest moments. For the journalist, the two promotions earned in 2017 and 2022 were some of the best days he's had covering Girona. So how did we get here? How did Girona go from leagues too low for Teletext to bother putting the results up to fighting for the La Liga title and Champions League qualification? Well, Pepe Sierra points to 2008 as being the turning point. Before 2008, practically nobody knew of Girona, he says. This was the last year that the club competed in the third tier, having just come up from the fourth the season before. Throughout the campaign, attendances this year fluctuated between 500 and 1,000. But for the playoffs, the locals came out in their droves, filling Montelivi with 10,000 spectators. Girona were promoted for the second season in a row, and they've never looked back since. And what about this campaign then? What's turned them from a team that may have been battling relegation into a side rubbing shoulders with the likes of Real Madrid? Well, Edward Solá points to one man, the coach Michel, who fell on his feet upon arrival in North Catalonia and changed everything about the club. On the pitch, Pepe Sierra finds it impossible to single out any one specific player for special praise. Instead, he raves about the entire team, who play very much as a team unit. He thinks they are the fastest team in La Liga at moving the ball around the pitch and is always delightfully surprised at the level of the substitutes who are called upon to step in for any high-performing starter. It's still early, but this has already been a historic season as Girona have picked up more points in the first half of this season than anyone else barring Barcelona or Real Madrid have ever done. And Pepe does have one particular match that he'll point to as a highlight that he'll never forget. The win away to Barcelona. Thanks to Edward and Pepe. Killian, listening to that, I'm just thinking in my head, you know, Real Madrid and Girona are kind of battling out here at the top of the league. And the experiences for fans and for people involved in the two clubs must be so different because for Real Madrid, it's just like, yeah, it's just another season. And for Girona, it's like nothing ever even close to this has happened before. No, and, and may never again. Realistically, like you know Real Madrid are going to win titles next year or the year after or the year after, or maybe all of them. But this could be a once-in-a-lifetime thing for the North Catalans. <laughs> no, genuinely. I mean, we have to remember, this is only their fourth ever season in the top division. 2017 was their first year in La Liga. Tenth place is their highest ever finish. And we're talking about a club which, as recently as 2007, were playing in the fourth division, the fourth category, the fourth tier of Spanish football. Fans are much more familiar with seeing third and fourth division football in Girona than they are Champions League. <laughs> and in that, in that fourth tier, they would have only been playing against other Catalan teams, for example. They wouldn't have been playing it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, then in Tercera, they were regionalized. So, yeah, just it's not even a national kind of league. <laughs> And I suppose maybe because of that history as well, you'd get a lot of people in Girona who would actually be Barcelona fans rather than, than Girona fans. Because let's face it, Barcelona and Real Madrid are the two big clubs in La Liga and most people in Catalonia would go for Barca. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's natural. Like People would have their, 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 their big team that they support. And as well, we have to remember, like it's not traditionally a footballing city. I think like basketball is probably a bit more popular in Girona. 
Uh, but then also like even cycling, which we've covered on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, like a lot of like nature, a lot of outdoor sports. Like it's not really a football mad city. So this is a very new phenomenon that's kind of like sweeping over Girona. But yeah, it's very normal that a lot of Girona fans would have a bit of a, at least a soft spot, if not be an outright fan of Barcelona as well. And even living in Barcelona for the past seven years now, of when Girona were first promoted, definitely in speaking with locals here who would be you know, Barca first fans definitely have like an immediate soft spot for Girona, wanting them to do well, effectively supporting them in all of their games, you know, bar one, bar the time they play yeah. Barcelona, you know. But that's weird then when they actually yeah. come up against each other and, and it's kind of like a, a big sibling, little sibling thing. Very where, much. You know, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden the little sibling is has, has overtaken them. This, yeah, this could well be a potential prickly point in the club's relationships. I mean, what happens when when the, the, the little brother kind of gets up and starts bullying the the bigger one you know um but even just to illustrate the friendliness between both clubs like i mentioned i went to that barca girona meeting in december and i saw one guy being interviewed by tb3 the, the, the local public broadcasters here and in the middle of his interview he was uh, wearing a barca jersey but in the middle of it he he lifted up the shirt to unveil the girona jersey that he was wearing underneath it <laughs> and he was just speaking about about how no matter what happens today catalonia wins because it's just a celebration of catalonia catalan identity and and i don't think that's an isolated feeling that only he shares like i, I think a lot of people would feel you know, very partial to both of these clubs. And it's something so rare in football when rivalries are usually so intense, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a relationship with another club, which is also very interesting as well from a, a business point of view and a, and a financial point of view. That's Man City. Absolutely. And you say potentially not from a social point of view. You could argue, actually, yes, it is from a social point of view, given who Manchester City's owners are, uh, the Abu Dhabi group. Yes, Girona are 47% owned by a company called the City Football Group, which is effectively a wing, a sports investment from the Abu Dhabi royal family, the, the Abu Dhabi rulers, for want of a better term. Uh, then there are also the questions which haven't been very prominent in the local media during this incredible season of sports washing, of, of this idea of using football clubs to launder the reputations of states who've had records of human rights which has been questioned and outright criticized by groups like amnesty international so there is a social element to it as well but that's all of that but then of course he mentioned the business side yeah i mean this is a financial benefit that no other club in la liga gets to avail of at and the yeah. same time you still do have a salary cap and absolutely like yeah so it's not like money is being pumped in and you know they're buying all the biggest stars no in fairness like it's it's the players who are being brought in are, are, are names that most casual football fans would have never heard of before so maybe it's not just the financial know-how but also the but scouting know-how and to be able to identify players like that that for sure in in financial terms there is a very important financial stability that's being offered i mean there's no chance of this club being uh, you know, going broke or anything in the in the immediate future, and that is like a very important element here to be spoken about. But yeah, of course, the uh, the footballing intelligence to to identify these players, Jan Cuoto, Yangel Herrera, as well, who's who's come from the City Football Group as well, Tati Castellanos, their top scorer from last season, he was also from the City Football Group too. 
Um, so yeah, they do get these benefits, but the effect on the pitch, in all fairness, I, I, I think it, they're not deserving of criticism to say that this isn't an artificially produced team by any means. Another interesting note about the ownership structure is Pere Guardiola, the brother of the famous football manager Pep Guardiola. He is also there involved in the club and overseeing a good project, in fairness. And the interesting thing is, it looks like Girona are going to qualify for the Champions League. Man City always qualify for the Champions League. What happens then? Is there a conflict of interest? So, in theory, yes. In theory, two clubs owned by the same uh, owner shouldn't be able to compete in the same competition. But we do have precedence for this. Red Bull clubs both qualified for the Champions League. Red Bull Salzburg and RB Leipzig both qualified in 2017. And that led to both clubs making some changes in their corporate structures in order to then comply with UEFA rules. Eventually, in that case, documents were passed to the UEFA club financial control body. And eventually, the authorities were happy that the clubs were no longer linked in such an integral way that both operated sufficiently independently of one another. And I would imagine that something would happen again in this case. Although we haven't heard official word yet, the question is still out there. Of course, Girona still have to qualify. That we're taking that for granted, I suppose. But yeah, I would imagine that, especially for the fact that City Football Group only have a minority share, 47%, this probably is is going to give them enough grounds to say, listen, it's we're separate enough from each other. Like I can't see a scenario where they're not allowed to compete in the Champions League. Before we finish up, we're talking about Girona, rightly so, but there has been a very big story going on at Barcelona. Shockwaves in Catalan football, absolutely. Uh, Xavi Hernandez, the manager of Barcelona, the Barca legend that played in the first team for almost two decades and, and won every trophy under the sun with them, has announced that he will leave by the end of the season. We could make a very obvious link here between the two stories and take a look at Michel, the Girona manager, as a potential replacement in Barcelona. He's also shown his uh, connection for Catalan culture, which is something that we didn't mention earlier on, but Michel, the Girona manager, is, uh, ever since he first kind of went into the job, he's very explicitly said that he wanted to learn Catalan. He wanted all the press conferences, all the media to be done in Catalan. He insisted that journalists ask him questions in Catalan, even if he struggles to understand it. So even from a Catalan cultural point of view, I mean, that would be appreciated in the on the Barcelona bench for sure, mm -hmm. no doubt. I'm sure it would. Um, well. But yeah, certainly a huge story. Definitely this week, uh, Xavi is to leave. That's after winning the league last season with Barcelona. And yeah, but that league title now feels so far away, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean, I, I think, in in my opinion, the best way that you can kind of like look at this is is the results in the Super Cup. Uh, last year, uh, Xavi and Barcelona won the Super Cup by playing Real Madrid off the park. And ever since then, in the year since, Xavi's always held that game, that Super Cup final, as sort of the benchmark that they were always trying to reach again. That's the day that really displayed a really fluid, a really, just a really impressive Barcelona that were playing the style of football that Xavi wanted as well. They have very clearly regressed since then and evident so in the Super Cup final of this year where the opposite happened. They were played off the park by Real Madrid. So you can just see that the expected advancements are not happening. And that has led to the situation that we've seen develop over the past few days. Well, it's a different story in Girona. It'll be fascinating to see how the season turns out. Here at Catalan News, we're obviously rooting for a Catalan team, any Catalan team, uh, to do the business. Uh, so watch this space. Time now for our Catalan phrase. I wonder would Michel know this one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what have we got, Killian? This week we've got Deixar-se la pelle. 
Desharse la pelo, like leave, leave the skin, leave your skin. Something like that, like literally word for word, yes. But the best way to translate it would be to work very hard. Right, okay. So to leave it all out there. I think a good application in the Girona sense could be to say that they're playing out of their skin. Playing out of their skin, that works, doesn't it? Desharse la pelo. That's us for today. Thank you very much for listening. You can get in touch with us at fillingthesink at acn.cat. Our thanks to Pepe and Edouard for chatting to us this week. And we'll be back again next weekend with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.